What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 134, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Homecoming. 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 We are an independent podcast, and if you would like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. We have tiers and privileges and stretch goals, and Zach will tell us a little bit more about that in a bit. Uh, One of the privileges that you get is listening to Patreon-first content that we create including The Other Side of the Gate, where Zach and David talk about spoilerific things, uh, Stargate Second Chances, where based off of your votes, Zach and I re-watch certain episodes and then re-review them and give them new rankings. And then also Stargate Infinity, We Lost a Bet, where because we lost a bet, basically, um, we watch Stargate Infinity, the non-canonical animated series, and uh, give our little thoughts on that as well. Uh, all of that infor- information, all of that information, no, all of those shows will make it to our main feed eventually. When we take breaks, we like to pull uh, stuff off that catalog and throw it on the main feed. So uh, have no worries. If you cannot or will not uh, do the Patreon thing, you will be able to absolutely hear everything that we do. Uh, it's just that the Patreon folks get to it a little bit early. And uh, if you have an individual in your life that you think would love to hear our little project, you can recommend that they find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts and every podcast aggregator that I am aware of. You can find our thing by typing in Walking Through the Stargate. Uh, we, Zach and I, are currently recording in the evening. Uh, normally we record in the morning, but uh, we both originally had some New Year's Day obligations that uh, were going to push us into the evening time, and we were like, okay, we'll record We'll record later. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then both of us ended up with situations that uh, pretty much canceled the entire thing, uh, and uh, neither of us knew that about the other, which, whatever, I, I think, and we were both uh, uh, happy to enjoy a nice slow Saturday, and now both, well, at least I'm stuck in a snowstorm. I think Zach is, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, very much and so, so uh, the the energy level might be a little bit subdued on this one. Uh, I think it manifested itself, uh, Zach, because I just kind of slowly, methodically, and almost flawlessly went through the entire intro, not missing a beat, not misstepping, and not saying anything peculiar. Zach, if somebody wants to let us know that suddenly I have developed the smoothest radio delivery that could possibly be imagined, how might they do that? Well... If you think that Bren's dulcet tones can put you to sleep with ease and other ease. (laughs) Different ease. Ease and and, and ease that's also easy. Exactly. (laughs) You can do that by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com, which is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E. Mm. At gmail.com. You know, that almost has a rhythm to it. Mm. It does. Mm-hmm. Although even when you're going slow, you do need to practice that if you're going to do that, because otherwise you <laughs> will trip over that mm-hmm. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or <laughs> you could also go to Twitter at Stargate Walking and chat with us there. And by us, I mean mm-hmm. Brent. Or you can go to the Facebooks at Walking Through the Stargate. we got a Facebook page. We've got a Facebook group. 
and you can have a conversation with lots of people there. Uh, I will probably be there occasionally, eh, more than occasionally, at least to see you. Mm-hmm. I lurk a lot, and sometimes <laughs> I say stuff. You can go to the Discords. We have Discord yes. now. You can go to mm-hmm. our website, which is wtts.space. Space. Space. And that will give you the information about how to get to the Discord. And you can join us there and have fun conversations. We have general conversations. We have non-Stargate conversations. Mm -hmm. We've got spoilery conversations. We've got all sorts of things happening there. And you can do that. And you do not need to be a Patreon supporter or anything like that to join us. Just join us if you want. There you go. That's right. Speaking of Patreon, we do have... Uh, a patreon.com slash walking through the stargate uh, and you can get all of the information there we've got cool different tiers and privileges and all of that stuff uh, watching stargate infinity as brent said uh, is one of those stretch goals that when we hit up to uh, uh, up to 75 dollars a month we'll do that and we have been there now we're there um, and if we get to the next stretch goal is $200 a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which sounds so crazy. It does sound crazy. <laughs> but if you like it, you can make it happen. That's true. And when we get to $200 a month, we will work on figuring out how and in what capacity we will do some sort of uh, video streaming of Something. the podcast. Um, I mean, I guess we could like do that on, can we do that on Discord? I actually don't know. I I bet you we can. I don't know. We might need to do something. I don't know. Twitch would work probably. Oh yeah, Twitch would work. Um, Who knows? But we don't have to worry about that too much, Brent, because we are right now a long (laughs) way from $200. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um, And uh, as you mentioned, we do have uh, votes. So if you're a patron, you get votes. Um. We do still have three uh, Stargate Second Chances uh, uh, on the list of things to do. Children mm-hmm. of the Gods, Forever and a Day Beneath the Surface. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks, uh, the last day and a half notwithstanding. And oh, so yeah. uh, we haven't gotten to there, but we will. Um, that said, Brent, and I don't know, I was looking at Patreon when you were talking. Did you mention that we did record episode two of Infinity? Oh, I don't think I did. We did record, yeah. We finished episode two. Uh, I have not yet mixed and posted it, but I will be doing that uh, probably sometime this week. There you go. So, uh, Patreon supporters, you will get access to that as soon as Brent posts it. And mm-hmm. the rest of you, you will get that at some point in time after we drop the first one. Yes. <laughs> That's how it's going to work. That's right. All right. <laughs> all right, Brent. Mm-hmm. With all that, shall we dig into this episode of Homecoming? Shall we bring yeah. everything home? Let's bring it home. Okay. Well, the director of Homecoming is Martin Wood. This mm-hmm. is his second directing credit of the season out of seven. He directed Fallen last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. The teleplay for this is Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully. This mm-hmm. is their first of five writing credits this season. Uh, so we'll hear their name again and again as the season yep. progresses. We've got several guest actors in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corin Nemec, of course, returns as Jonas Quinn. Cliff mm-hmm. Simon returns as Ball. Mm-hmm. Kevin Ochi uh, returns as Oshu. David Palfi mm-hmm. as Anubis. Michael Adamthwaite as Harak. Gary Jones makes an appearance as Sergeant Walter slash Radar Harriman. 
We have Doug Abrahams returning as Commander Hale. We saw him in the episode Shadow Play, the nearer the beginning ish yep. of season six. Yep. With him mm-hmm. was Jillian Barber, who played Ambassador Draylock, and she does that again in this episode. We say hello to her. Mm-hmm. We have Adrian Howe, who plays the Guawuld Lieutenant of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Anubis. Uh, this is his first credit for Stargate. Uh, he was born in mm-hmm. Toronto. He spent 10 years in the UK, and he trained and worked as an actor in theater and film and television there. He has over 100 television and film credits, mm-hmm. uh, including of which in 2006, he played the part of Jean Grey's father in X-Men 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other highlights include uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina in 2008 and nine. He played Farmer Putnam. He was the voice and I believe the motion capture action uh, actor for Hatham Kenway in Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed Rogue, the video games. Okay. He's also been in Travelers, which is another Brad Wright uh, TV show. Smallville, mm-hmm. X-Men, the animated series. He did the voice of Nightcrawler. Um, uh, obviously, we won't see this Guawuld lieutenant again because mm-hmm. he rather coldly got shot by uh, Harak. Mm-hmm. However, we will see Adrian again in an episode of Atlantis sometime in our future. Very good. His first IMDb credit came in 1985 with the TV movie Behind Enemy Lines, and he played Corporal Cooper. Corporal Cooper. Corporal Cooper. Let's say that ten times fast. That don't, don't. ten times it's, it's, fast. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Because it was just that funny. Oh, it's because I didn't expect it. All right. All right. We have Glennis Davies, who plays Ambassador Noor. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually seen her before. I don't know if you recognized her. Uh, she nope. played young Catherine Langford in the episode 1969. Hmm. Um, I, I believe it. Yep. Why, why would I have any doubt about it? But I don't remember. I don't so, know. Okay. But, uh, you know, so, you know, this is, of course, when they're trying to find the Stargate and um, Jackson, and I believe it's Carter, goes and he pretends to be some sort of German uh, yes. child of somebody who worked with Langford's father and trying to get some information, blah, blah, blah. His accent yep. isn't the greatest. But Catherine Langford uh, was played by Glynis Davies in that episode. And here mm-hmm. she is as Ambassador Noor. So if you want to know more about who she is, you can go back to our episode 1969 and find out. Yes. Now, the other ambassador is Ambassador Savarin. And mm-hmm. that was played by Jan Boss. Mm-hmm. Jan was born in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, and he immigrated to Winnipeg uh, with his parents and his sisters at a very young age. Mm-hmm. In the university, uh, he performed as a stand-up comedian at a local club. Uh, as now, he was in school in school a valedictorian as a physical education student. So, but mm-hmm. uh, he was doing the stand-up comedian thing at the local club, and he chose to break from the standard. 
by roasting his professors using a variety of accents and characters. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Which then encouraged them to say, you're in the wrong profession, boy. And so <laughs> uh, he kind of started working, uh, started moving towards acting. In 2001, he found himself visiting Vancouver and then decided to make it his home. And he also decided finally to enroll in voice and acting lessons and then signed on with his first agent shortly after he booked his first commercial. And mm-hmm. then he booked his first principal role in Stargate SG-1. There you go. This episode is his first principal role. Um, he is an avid curler and cyclist. Mm-hmm. In fact, in 2016, he and his team won the gold medal in mixed curling at the first ever America's Masters Games held in Vancouver. Well, there you go. So there you go. Now, well, then I guess that physical education degree did pay off. There you go. There you go. Uh, now, while it is true that uh, Stargate SG-1, uh, this episode was kind of his first principal gig on uh, on film, on, on TV and such, mm-hmm. uh, it's not the first one in his IMDb list. Uh, in 2001... Uh, mm-hmm. he, no, yeah, in 2001 to 2003, he was in four episodes of the TV series Broken Saints, and he voiced a character, Colonel Keene, mm-hmm. in that. So uh, he was in the animated side of things for a few episodes, but this is the first time we actually see him uh, there. And, you know, that's not bad. Pretty good. Colonel Keene and Corporal Cooper. There you go. Can commence clapping... Klaxons. Quickly. Why, why would you clap a klaxon? Continuity. Clarity? Confusion. Comedy. <laughs> uh. Culinary cookware. Ooh. Classic. Ooh. <clears throat> All right. The original air date. <laughs> We're going to keep going. The original (laughs) air date for this episode was June 13, 2003, in both the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, This is the same date, as I mentioned last week, uh, that the season opener Fallen aired on. So they both aired on the same date. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they did not air as a single episode. I'm pretty sure they aired as separate episodes, um, but they aired at the same Mm -hmm. time. Gotcha. Uh, There are some episodes out there. Uh, the pilot being one that aired as a standard full-size long, double length one, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but yeah. this and I think aired as two separate episodes. Yep. Now because this one and Fallen aired on the same date, I'm not going through the number one charts and the box nope. offices and all that stuff because we did yep. that last week. Yes, we literally did that. Yep. Okay, but we do have some trivia for this episode. Okay. Now the picture of the Colonian capital city on Jonas's home planet is actually that of Vancouver with some extra buildings added to it. Very nice. There you go. Um, Local. The, there is a scene where you see a couple of Gould hot talks flying through hyperspace. This is mm-hmm. actually footage that has been reused from the season two premiere episode, The Serpent's Lair. Oh, okay. Which makes a lot of sense. If you're not going to use it for very long and you already have it, might as well. Might as well reuse it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
obviously, surely you noticed it uh, at the beginning of the episode as Anubis's mothership uh, descends upon the Colonian capital. We see this giant disc-type uh, ship descend upon the the, the city, and yep. that uh, is a screaming steal from <laughs> Independence Day. Yep. Uh, which also, by the way, was written and directed by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, mm-hmm. who were the creators of the original Stargate movie. That's right. So there you go. There you go. Uh, and as last week was like the episode they're going to steal from Star Wars, this is simply the episode they're going to steal from Independence Day. <laughs> and they are boldly and boldly doing so. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, now, I learned in the commentary as I was watching that earlier today that the set for the Colonian bunker, where the Stargate mm-hmm. was and all of that stuff, it was actually a redress of the set from the TV show Jeremiah. Oh, uh, that was another like a post-apocalyptic type of show uh, that was airing at about the same time mm-hmm. uh, in the Vancouver area, and so they weren't using it, and uh, they were able to use that for this episode. So, yep, there you go. Very nice. Um, now it's kind of a goof. It's kind of a, a nod, but you know when actors are acting, shooting guns, especially things like is that Nicotel, uh, they don't actually see beams of light or energy dispensing from those devices, right? Mm-hmm. We see them because they do all that in post, and so the actors just go like, "Ew, ew, doo doo, doo doo," right? <laughs> yes. Now. Yes. <laughs> When uh, Jonas and Daniel are in the rings and they ring down to the the uh, museum area, right, where all yep. the stuff is there, and they're like, oh, my goodness, bad guys. And they're like, bang, 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 bang. Well, after the dust clears, they cut back to him, and you see Corin Nemec going, zap, zap, a couple more times. <laughs> but... <laughs> Obviously, at that point in time, it was filmed and cut in such a way that yep. uh, that uh, yeah, <laughs> couple extra, couple extra, couple extra gestures. Yes, he yeah. he was just making sure. Yeah, yeah, um, and of course, if they had cut that in a different way, it would have been perfectly fine. But yes, there you go. But that's how it was. Yep, there you go. Ah, uh, so with that, uh, we do have a quote from Joseph Malazzi uh, about this mm-hmm. episode that I pulled from GateWorld.net. Even though the Jonas Quinn character never found him found firm footing on the show, I was nevertheless sad to see him go. Actor Corin Nemec was a good guy, and we got along well, so I wanted to make sure he got a proper, respectful send-off that left the door open for a possible return. Mm-hmm. And I think we accomplished that in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this episode... We call it homecoming, but in mm-hmm. the f- in French they call it Return to the Origins, Part Two. Hmm. Uh, the Italians call it homecoming. The Spanish homecoming. The Czech homecoming. The Hungarians homecoming, and the Germans alles auf keine Karte Teil zwei, which is Go for Broke Part Two. Go for Broke Part Two. Boy, yeah. Now, now you know. Fallen was go for broke part one. So yeah, yeah, I'm still, yeah, yeah. I, again, like you know, compliments to the Germans for for not uh, giving it away. Um, but also, uh, return to the origins. Like I'm still like, I mean, yeah, I guess. So I I think that 
I mean, when you think of the words homecoming, right? Yeah. Home, well, your origin, where you're from. Yeah. yeah. And coming in this situation well, I mean, is a returning to. Uh, it makes so it makes sense. Um, homecoming makes sense because Jonas was going back to the you know like it's it's him returning to the planet to his planet and there's a, there's a, there's a story in there. You also have uh, returning Daniel origins. returning back to Earth and all of that stuff as a homecoming as well, returning to the team. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I was expecting bigger, grander things when I hear the phrase return to the origins, but... Well, fair enough. Yeah. Suffice it to say, we don't have that. We just have homecoming. Yep. All right. That is what I have for our background stuff. Shall we dig into the synopsis? Yeah, let's dig it. Let's dig into it. Okay. Previously on Stargate SG-1. <laughs> Dr. Jackson is back! Woohoo! They lured Anubis to Visuban and attempted to blow up his superweapon as well as his big giant mothership. They succeeded in destroying the superweapon, but the ship escaped unharmed. Drat! Daniel and Jonas were trapped on said ship, and Jonas was actually captured by Anubis. Oh no! And mm-hmm. one of those spiky mind probes will now be used to learn Jonas's locker combination, among other tidbits of knowledge <laughs> in his head. And now... Carter and O'Neill arrive at the SGC after the mission on Visubon. They report that all happened in the previous episode happened. Anubis escaped, and they have no idea where he went. (laughs) Meanwhile, on Anubis' mothership, Jonas is brought to the Peltac. Anubis is happy to to have learned about the Nequadria from Jonas' mind. And mm-hmm. since Anubis wants some of this Nequadria, he welcomes Jonas to his home as the mothership descends upon Langara and the capital of Kelowna, independence style. Mm-hmm. Back at the SGC, they still don't know where Anubis is, and Teal'c is still missing. While they're talking about all this, the Stargate opens and they receive a message from, you guessed it, the Colonians. They are under attack. I'm sorry, we can't get involved with internal politics. No, 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 you don't understand. It's Anubis. He's attacking from space. From space. Oh, well, in that case, we'll be right over. That's different. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Anubis, you say? (laughs) Hold my beer. How many guns do you want? <laughs> Eight men? <laughs> right. Yeah. Then there's that. That's all you brought? <laughs> Eight good men? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. In use Hatak vessel, Teal'c is being detained. Ashu, the first prime of Lord Yu, enters to discuss the situation with Teal'c. Yu is not well. He spends most of his time in the sarcophagus and is now so old he can no longer change hosts. Paranoia, memory loss, confusion are commonplace for the once great system lord. Well, that is not a good thing. Mm-mm. Tilk then attempts to persuade Ashu to hand the reins of the system lord fleet to someone else because Yu's condition prevents him from effectively leading. Ashu finally agrees and releases Tilk from the holding cell. Upon arriving on Langara, O'Neill and Carter receive an update. Anubis has taken control of the capital, killing off much of the leadership. Troops are all over the city, and, and fortunately, however, the Stargate is in a bunker deep underground on the outskirts of the city, keeping it well safe and protected. 
There is some good news. They were able to use a Tok'ra short-range communications device to contact Daniel on Anubis' ship. He has been running around the ship trying to avoid being discovered. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's bad news, too. The Colonians gave Anubis their entire stockpile of Nequadria, and their mine has dried up. They have no more Nequadria. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Teal can Ashu contact Lord Ball and give him control of the fleet. The system Lord fleet is ready to go to war against Anubis. Ball, with Ball on board, Ashu drops Teal off at the nearest Stargate so that he can return to the Tauri. Now that Anubis has the Nequadria, Carter wonders why Anubis is still hanging around the planet. And they discover that he's searching for some sort of archaeological artifacts. Probably a specific archaeological artifact. Eventually, they will find out that this is a crystal that that likely has notes from whichever one of those Gouwabuld was doing the Quadri experiments 2,000 years ago. And so it's probably a good thing for them to use and have and, you know, check out because Mm -hmm. maybe it helps them. I don't know. At this point, the Colonians admit that the three superpowers on Langara did in fact go to war, but the war ended when the Colonians used their Nequadria bomb. Oh, you bad, bad boys. You mm-hmm. bad, bad boys. Now, that did, however, bring the Andari and the Tyranians to the table very quickly, and they started talking, which is a good thing. However, they still don't like each other, they still don't trust each other, and they still would rather spit on each other than actually help anything for the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Before the SGC will help them, however, against Anubis, they will need the full participation of all the major powers of the planet. But, uh, okay, fine. <laughs> Squabbling children. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jackson finds Jonas and they have a conversation through the conduits. <laughs> they just need to find a way to get Jonas out of the cell, which is blocked by a force field which hurts when you touch it. So don't touch it. Okay, back at the bunker, Draylock introduces both Carter and O'Neill to Ambassadors Noor and Savarin from the Andari Federation and Titania uh, Confederacy. And this is also their introduction to the Stargate, because despite trying to have all this, you know, friendly cooperation, all this stuff, they still did not tell their enemies and uh, needing to be allies in the situation about the Stargate, and now they do, but they get their introduction, and it's amazing because it goes kawoosh, you know, <laughs> sideways. It's cool. <laughs> oh, by the way, when the kawoosh happens, apparently it p- pushes enough air out that it can start making the hanging uh, 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 lights start to swing in the bunker. Mm-hmm. Cool effect, by the way. Mm-hmm. Tilk joins them and relays what he's been up to. They now just need to convince the Langaran delegations to reveal the location of the planet to Ball and the fleet uh, so that they can t- come and take out Anubis's ship. Well, if we now tell him, how do we know that when he takes out Anubis, he won't just try to slave us? Well, that's part of the agreement. And we can trust him? Well, eventually they agree, so who knows what'll happen. Mm-hmm. Anubis's lieutenant, however, has been working with the Nequadri that he took from the Colonians and thinks he can use it to power up the super weapon. Well, do it. He tries, it fails, and he is killed by Harak at Anubis's mm. orders. 
Kill him. Okay. And there goes Anubis's lieutenant. The overlord gives Jonas the chance to fly through. However, uh, I, I need to back up here because I didn't get all my words in here. Now, <laughs> the super weapon failed and it shorts a whole bunch of things out and there are power intermittent things happening all over the place. And that's a problem for Anubis and the bad guys. However, it's just great for Jonas because that means that his force field shield blocking his sail- cell is not on all the time. Mm-hmm. And so this gives him a chance to fly through the intermittent force field. And he does, mostly. Um, and, you know, Jonas Quinn Coronemic actually threw himself through the door several times for that. So good on you, man. Yeah, there we go. Now, now that Jonas is no longer imprisoned, it is time for Daniel and Jonas to get off the ship. Now, by this time, they finally figure out where that crystal is. And that, where that holds all that cool information. And so Tilk and Carter go to collect it. Unfortunately, while they're there, they are ambushed by a bunch of Jaffa just after finding the red gem. But the day is saved when Jonas and Daniel are able to ring in, distracting the Jaffa enough that the whole team can take them all out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey. Talk about Deus Ex Machina. Uh, there have been a couple of them, but that's okay. Carry on. Well, I, this is just the latest. <laughs> the whole group returns to the bunker with the crystal. Crystal, oh, hey, look who you found. Yeah, we found him because they ring my- Oh, okay, that's fine. No big deal. Join us. The nonchalant uh, discovery of of uh, uh, Carter, or no, uh, uh, Jackson and, and Jonas by uh, O'Neill is just splendid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> splendid. <laughs> so, the whole group returns to the bunker with the crystal. Woohoo! Unfortunately, Yay. Commander Hale is really, really dumb, and he makes a really, really dumb deal with Anubis. The crystal for leaving Kelowna alone, not the planet, just Kelowna. Harak and his Jaffa get the crystal and basically immediately execute Hale. I told you, yep. he was dumb. Ah, <sighs> well... No, Ball's fleet right. arrive and immediately begins shooting at Anubis's mothership. Now, some of those blasts miss the ship or go straight through the ship and hit the city below. Oh no, the rumbling creates chaos, even in the bunker. A fight ensues. Harak is finally able to escape, but the rest of the Jaffa are eventually neutralized. The crystal, however, is recovered by the good guys, so that's a good thing. Jonas is shot trying to protect Daniel, which isn't a good thing, but I guess Daniel is okay, so he's okay. Everybody's okay. Don't worry. We'll be fine. Moving on. Anubis' ship is utterly and completely destroyed, but Anubis escapes in his personal frisbee to fight another day. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And now, Ball is in command of a very, very powerful fleet probably the single most powerful fleet in the gold system lord system stuff uh-huh well later jonas packs up his stuff at the sgc and says goodbye to his family for the past year he is returning to his home a homecoming if you will to sit as the colonial representative rep in this some sort of joint panel thing to discuss planetary peace and all of that stuff 
Uh, after his goodbyes with each member of SG-1, he walks through the gate and is gone. After the gate mm-hmm. closes, O'Neill welcomes Jackson back to the team and tells him to be ready for dinner by 7 o'clock. Tilt get crank- gets cranky from low blood sugar if he doesn't eat on time, so don't be late. Jackson is happy to be back, but he wonders, we still get paid for this, right? <laughs> the end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. You have now experienced homecoming. Yes. And not the homecoming from your high school days, but nope. your homecoming of Stargate SG-1 season 7 yes. days. Yes. Tell me your thoughts. Well, first I need to uh, let folks know that last week I speculated that perhaps watching Homecoming would tie up some loose ends and answer some questions that I had after seeing Fallen. I then said I might watch Homecoming right after finishing our podcast. And indeed, I did. It wasn't immediately, but uh, I watched it a week ago. And so, uh, very thankful for the synopsis, because there's some parts about it that were just a little bit fuzzy, just because, you know, normally I watch it the morning of of our recording, and normally we record in the morning, so it's super fresh. And this time, it's a little bit stale. So, um, there's that. And then, secondly, uh... I think it's probably a pretty good indicator about how I feel about the episode on a whole. When as soon as the episode ended, I thought to myself, wow, it must be an HR mess to get somebody who was formerly dead back on payroll. Yikes. (laughs) And so, uh, and while I wouldn't go to bat to say that Jonas Quinn was a favorite character of mine. That's not true. I really would have rather seen a story that was very much about Jonas Quinn. Um, Daniel Jackson was given quite the episode when uh, Michael Shanks was leaving the show. Um, It was very much centered on... Daniel and his integration with the team and his impact on the individuals of that team. It really did springboard uh, a lot of wonderful moments in season six, uh, where especially when Daniel was reconnecting with Jack. Like those scenes were great. And a big part of why those scenes were great was because we gave Jack and Daniel time to connect on screen in Daniel Jackson's last screen time moments that were just super duper good. It was great. Here we have what ultimately is the send-off of Jonas Quinn. And for a third of it, he's imprisoned. And he escapes because of an accidental deus ex machina of pew-pews. No, I'm sorry. I got that one wrong. It was the deus ex machina of not being able to handle Naquadria and having it like destabilize the ship so so thoroughly a ship that's the size of a city and yeah 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 i get it the quadra is super powerful like that's the point i i understand but it's still it was it wasn't anything that he did it was just accident um you know it would be a boring story but imagine the story goes and the lieutenant figures out how to stabilize Nequadria and he blows up the city and jonas quinn is a prisoner forever the end um like 
that would be pretty unsatisfying. And I thought that they were going to kill him off in protecting Daniel. And I thought that that was going to be really poetic, like Jonas Quinn protecting the character and the character type and the idea and the, 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 the place of Daniel Jackson. Um, until Daniel is back, at which point then Jonas dies in the protection of it. I thought that that would have been really, really poetic. And I understand why they wanted to give jo- uh, Corin Nemec the possibility of coming back on the show. Whether he does or not, I don't know. But, like, I I, I understand. Um, but it also kind of cheapened that moment, too. So here we have, you know, another 40 minutes of storytelling. And it's nominally on... Jonas's home world and at the end of it you know his leadership is being viewed as important and he's being asked to come back in a position of honor and to help rebuild and doopy doopy doo but like you know one of my problems with this character had been that he was uh he had this like this conflict of desires that seem to be manifesting like he he um he needed to run away from his home uh because of the stance that he took and because of what he thought needed to be done uh he was an outcast and this story technically resolves that um right with uh uh shadow play it was strongly intoned that things were resolving and here we are at the end of it uh as far as that arc is concerned right but it didn't really feel like it was that um that motivation felt a little bit rushed to me i think that they were doing a pretty okay job exploring it when they were feeling out the notion of teal and jonas both being outsiders within the construct of the stargate command Right, they're both aliens. They're right. they 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 belong, but they don't really. Um, you know that that mid season storyline of Jonas finally getting accepted by the team, I thought was worthwhile. Uh, and to see the character kind of broomed off the stage didn't really feel that good. Um, I thought that Corin Demick deserved better, and I thought that the character of Jonas Quinn deserved at least. You know, at least the ability to be a hero. Uh, you, there's there were so many of these scenes that could have been flipped. Could have been Daniel that was imprisoned. Um, could have been Jonas that saved Daniel, right? Like, uh, I think that there were a lot of opportunities for Jonas to be singularly, uh, singularly influential in the positive outcome of this particular story and he just kind of wasn't it was it was the team doing the team thing and that's okay but it wasn't and so and so i guess that's a long-winded way of saying that i was not satisfied with how that went i wish that they had done it differently but it's it's done um and uh you know jonas looked uh wistful as he was walking through that stargate and um you know, there's definitely a part of me that hopes that that you know, in in the in the head can- in my own head canon, that hopes that he uh, finds his footing and ends up having a fantastic life on his home planet, surrounded by people that he's familiar with and impactful in ways that bring that society forward, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Like good stuff. I hope good stuff. 
Right. And it would be nice. I would like an opportunity to see him again and to see what has happened. Um, I really have no idea one way or the other if I do. Um, do you want to know the answer to that question? No, no, no. Um, it, when it happens, if it happens, I'll it'll it'll happen. And if it never happens, then maybe I'll remember that I asked this question when we get to the end of it. But um, I suspect that he's not going to come back just by virtue of how the character has been kind of talked about at a meta level. I haven't really done much digging, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like just the snippets that I've kind of intoned or, or inferred, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't really, it did. It wasn't that, it wasn't that satisfying. So that was, that, so that's a lot of talking that I just did about one character. Yeah. Um, and we really even haven't talked about the story much. Uh, the, and maybe that's because the story just kind of felt like another one of those things of that. It sort of just kind of, it felt like it had to happen, I guess. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's clear that, uh, the, that the story wanted Anubis to be at Jonas's home planet. Uh, the story wanted the tension between the three major powers of this planet to be pretty much front and center, uh, for it to be, a major part of the resolution of the story, the betrayal, uh, the subsequent execution, and then the later uh, acknowledgement of uh, that this is no way to keep going and we need to try something else. Um, and, you know, bringing about the the very powerful but unstable Naquadria and having evidence that um, Anubis... Uh, can't even Anubis can't really handle it. Um, you know, maybe he will in the future, maybe he won't, but not right now. Uh, it, 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 until you were reading the synopsis, I kind of forgot that um, Ghoul would have genetic memory, but it made me wonder if Anubis still has his after being ascended and then, then descended. Mm. Um, you know, how did he know about that research that was going on 2000 years prior? He doesn't have to be the one who remembers. It could be somebody else, but it just made me wonder for a minute. Like every other ghoul world, it would make sense because they have the memory going all the way back that far. Well, um, so here's does... here's how I would uh, mm-hmm. play that. Is uh, one of the things that Jonas did prior to um, uh, joining SG One is, uh, you know, he was like the resident scholar of all things Guauld. On mm-hmm. the planet, and he was kind of the resident scholar of the the research projects around the Nequadria and uh, kind of like head librarian functioning type of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I suspect that within Jonas's memory, he had thoughts and pictures and images of, among other things, that crystal. Mm-hmm. Now. He might not have known what that crystal was, but I think that if that is the case, it's shown that, you know, I mean, the mind probe is a pretty powerful thing there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And if uh, Anubis could have seen that image within that process of things, he may have been able to identify what that crystal was Mm -hmm. uh, as a, a storage crystal of notes even if Jonas didn't know about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, thereby, he's like, oh, well, I should go That's find fair. that. 
that's, that's how yeah. I would have interpreted that. That's how I did. So, it. I am still mildly curious about the. Does he still remember the the things or not? Mm-hmm. I would expect no, but anyway. Um. So yeah. So uh, I wasn't particularly impressed with this story. Uh, I was wanting more things resolved from Fallen that didn't seem to get resolved. And at this point, I can't really remember exactly what I was hoping to have more answers to. Uh, and if this was the last time that I see Jonas Quinn, um, it was kind of anemic. Um, and I think it could have been done better. And that, that, that's, that's a bummer, but that doesn't make me feel good. And the reason why it doesn't make me feel good is that it's really, it's much less about Jonas Quinn and much more about Corin Nemec. Um, like, and maybe, maybe I'm putting too much weight into it, but, uh, you know, like between those two entities, it's, Corin that matters you know Jonas is just a character and so how did how did Corin feel about the send-off of of Jonas uh did they did he think that it could have been done better you know like it I, I imagine that there's a lot of investment that happens when an actor you know is a main on a show and they put a lot of time into trying to think about a particular character yeah they develop it they brew it they they it's 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 important um but <laughs> And then you necessarily get fired. Yeah, and 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 I suppose it's probably profoundly frustrating to foster an entity like that, but not have any control over its story at all. Yeah. Um, and you know, not even have control over how the entity would react. Right. It's it's that. It's it's a it's it's about the worst version of like you have no control. Like <laughs> there are, as regular people, there are tons of things that we don't have any control over, but we always have the ability to control how we react to it. Well, I won't use the word always, but you know, like that's that's kind of a principle. Um, but you don't when you <laughs> like it's 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 the writer and the director that that say, all right, well, this character is going to do this now. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way it is, but, uh, I, I can't imagine that that's satisfying and that makes me feel bad. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of meh. Maybe it's the weather. <laughs> it could be the weather. It's so, kind of okay. Outside. That's, uh, that's, I talked a long time about that. So how about you, Zach? What do you think about this episode? So I don't think I feel anywhere near as meh about this episode sure. as you do. Uh-huh. Um, I would agree with you that in terms of a send-off for Jonas Quinn, uh, this is kind of anemic. Uh, You know, it's not, you know, I I don't think that they treat the character unfairly. Uh, Mm -hmm. At the same time, they don't, you know, shine a light on him and says, hey, let me let you be super awesome. Yeah. Right? Um now, I think part of that is, um, I mean, the fans, when this first came out, when this never really quite warmed up to Jonas Quinn as a yeah. unit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that there aren't fans out there who really love Jonas and all that stuff, but, you know, when you look at the, the breadth of Stargate fandom, uh, the fandom at this point in time was super duper excited that Daniel was coming back. And they're like, oh yeah, that means we have to say goodbye to Jonas. Okay. Um, okay, goodbye Jonas. There's the door. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's back! You know, yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's kind of... Um, 
I mean, I, I, I even remember some of those feelings in myself at that point in time. Oh, sure. Um, you're right that this doesn't do a very good job, I don't think, of, of really sending off Jonas. Um, time will tell if we see Jonas again and uh, how that will be played out. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, recognizing that... So, you know, to, to open up a, a can of contemporary uh, TV visual worms... Uh, <laughs> the Wheel of Time has just recently mm-hmm. come out on Amazon Prime. They just finished season one. Mm-hmm. And The Wheel of Time, the TV series, is, of course, an adaptation of The Wheel of Time books by Robert Jordan. I have read the books many times. I love them. They are great stories. Um, suffice it to say, this adaptation of them has raised a lot of passion in the fandom okay not always good yeah it's typical um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and for myself um i've had to struggle with this and i think ultimately right now at least where i come down on wheel of time is uh i am enjoying the show that is Mm -hmm. to say i am enjoying the story that they are providing for me through this narrative Mm -hmm. that said I don't think right now that I am enjoying the adaptation of the books. Yes. They have changed enough of what happens in the books that I hardly recognize it as The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, and I don't feel great about that. But at the same time, if I set that aside and just like, what am I getting? What am I watching here? And I watch it and I'm like, you know what? I, if if I just turn off everything I knew before and just watch this for what it is, mm-hmm. I am enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's compelling, at least for me. Maybe not for everybody, but for me, it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel myself uh, looking at this in, through a similar lens. Um, this isn't what perhaps should have been, whatever we mean by that, uh, for a send-off for Jonas Quinn. Was it a bad one? No. Was it a great no. one? No. no. Not for that. So so then I had to shift my focus and say, okay, well, let's look at what was given and say, mm-hmm. what do I feel of this? How does this work? Um, and if I look at it from that perspective, this is a solid Stargate episode. Sure. Um, you know, we've... We have show, seen that the Nequadria does is so unstable that even the Guawuld, the most powerful Guawuld in the system or in the, the, the galaxy, struggles with this. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the flip side, Nequadria also apparently has the power enough as six of those eyes of the gods uh, that powers up that, you know, that they destroyed last time. Mm-hmm. So, Wow. Uh, we knew Nequadria was powerful, but now it's even more powerful. That's just that's kind of I mean, that's a good point. That's right. That's pretty impressive. Um, uh, we get the 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 nod to it doesn't delve into uh, the like oh you used Nequadria bomb and it was mm-hmm. awful and everybody felt bad about it after it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> you know um and. 
and they don't go into the politics of what that means or what that looks like or, or what even what that's saying to us today, but it's just sat there. And it says, here it is, and it requires us to look at it and examine it on our own. Um, they're not doing that for us. We have to do that ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. uh, especially since this type of thing has already been hashed out on this show, I think that was good. Um, Mm -hmm. The special effects and the acting was also really pretty good. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a moment when Tilk has just arrived at the bunker, and he's telling uh, O'Neill the plan. And O'Neill's like, okay, go tell him. And then you get this, you know, on profile, Christopher Judge just kind of gets this, you mean I need to tell them this look on his face? Um, Julie missed it. She didn't even see it. But I was watching and I saw it. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. And then he has mm-hmm. to go and explain this crazy idea about letting a different girl know exactly where the planet is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm like, Look, that's a good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Jackson running around uh, like three different hallways uh, because that's all they have of that ship. Um you know, but making it look like it's different all the time. You know, I he did a pretty good job with that, and and the the directing did as well. So yeah, um, you get some silly Deus Ex Machina stuff going on with the the uh, uh, convenience of, of disrupting the power in the ship, which gives uh, Jonas the capacity to uh, exit. Uh, the fact that he began running around after that with you know half of his body numb uh, was kind of chuckle worthy for me mm, yeah, um sure and then they're like let's go steal a ship where's th- they're in that room there with the whole bunch of jaffa let's not go in there <laughs> let's go somewhere right. else uh, yep. uh let's go find the rings why well oh okay so there are rings on the planet well that's cool um you know the fact that the rings just happen to be in the the <laughs> yeah. storage facility right there <laughs> yeah. um you know, the there's enough silliness in this whole show from beginning to end that I can totally buy that and run with it and, and just enjoy it for what it is. Sure. Um you know, the the fact that uh Anubis is still around, clearly we see him escape, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have his super ship, which like, okay, so he's gotten a blow. What's gonna happen next? Mm-hmm. Um we'll find out. Uh, but now Ball has been s- set up in this episode for something more for him. Really up to this point, we've seen him around. Um, you know, he's kind of been a major player, but kind of just in the side character. Mm-hmm. Um, this is setting him up for something more. We'll see if that happens. Uh, you know, so there's all sorts of things that are being set up here um, that are really kind of cool and exciting. Uh, so... Um, the, the 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 battle you know I was listening to the commentary and the room where they're doing that battle with like 75 people was a relatively small room and mm-hmm. unfortunately they had to have those 75 people because all 75 people were talking and you know you got to have them in there and they're talking and you know, they can't just disappear halfway through um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that did make filming that very challenging because everybody was on top of each other during mm-hmm. that. Uh, still, 
Um, it was exciting enough. It wasn't quite to the same epic quality as we've seen in the past with other episodes or with even the uh, uh, shooting, the uh, destroying the, the super weapon in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're, but it was good. So what we have here is a pretty solid episode that does a lot of uh, setup for things to come. Uh, presumably in this season, uh, as this is kind of still thought of as the the opener for the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't answer all the questions. It just sets up uh, a bunch of things and says, let's go play with these as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. And it does a decent job, an acceptable job at least, of saying goodbye to a character who has been there for a long time, for the mm-hmm. last year. So, well, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I when, um, you know, it's I, I am, I'm thinking of um, that's the season one episode of uh, Star Trek: Next Generation when Tasha Yar, um, spoiler, dies. Uh, what? Ah, uh, yeah, she she dies there, Zach. Um, and uh, we never see her again. Um, anyway, that's not uh, true. So, uh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> strictly, yes. Uh, or no. Strictly, no. We don't see that version of her ever again. Um, anyway, uh, I at the time, first, certainly when I first saw that episode, I was too young to really think about it a whole lot. And I wasn't watching Next Gen quite so rigorously as to um, think that that send off was a little bit was a little bit poor. Um, because it was kind of sudden. Um, and, you know, off she went. Um, and this episode, I don't know. It it, it it feels so... Okay. Stargate SG-1 is not mine to gripe about in this way. I am feeling justified in being a bit of a, of, of a, bit of a critic because I think that it is possible to tell a good story and to do a lot of things. Um, television storytelling is a very powerful medium. And while I 100% agree with what you're saying, you know, so could it have been different? Of course it could have been different. Let's let's evaluate it on what it is. And, you know, for what it is, I think you're right. Um, there's a lot of good information that was provided in this one. Uh, there were certainly moments that were a little bit fantastic, but uh, there have been plenty of moments that have been fantastic. And further, you know, heroes have lucky things happen to them. That's part of their heroism Mm -hmm. is that, you know, like the reason that you want the heroes on your side is because weirdly good things happen to them. Um, And that's acceptable. And we we have more information. Uh, It it moves the story forward and it does transition us into uh, a point where the SG-1 team composition is Jack O'Neill, Samantha Carter. Daniel Jackson and Teal'c. And here we are. Um, and sure, I still stand by the statements of um, desiring different and better for the character of Jonas Quinn. But, you know, I hear what you're saying. It's, this is what it is. Even still, though, I mean, I, I, I'm still feeling kind of meh about it. Now, I don't know if that has more to do with just literal current circumstances circumstance uh or if i 
uh, am getting just a bit too grumpy and wished that uh, Jonas had been treated a tad better, or um, or if it's like just legit kind of a meh episode. Um, uh, it, you know, it could be a combination of any of that, but uh, it still doesn't negate the fact that, like I said, I got done watching it and I was thinking to myself, ah, boy, I wish that they had done better by Jonas and... I wonder what it's like to get the dead guy back on payroll. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I work, I work in, uh, in, in the, uh, in, in the avenue of information management where that is a thought of just like, wow, man, that's gotta be an HR nightmare. Um, (laughs) and, and you know, there you go. Uh, am I excited to see what's going to happen next? Of course I am. I didn't quite appreciate um, I definitely didn't appreciate that uh, Baal now has control of a, a portion of Anubis's fleet, particularly because I don't know if I... I mean, Well, I, it might not be Anubis's fleet, but he now is the legit leader of oh, the System Lord because, fleet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that partnership that was at the beginning. Yeah, I see. I see. I see. So... Um, Oh yeah, I gotta tell ya. Mm, that I think I remember what one of my things was from last time, right? Like the, the whole like I bet you that you is actually gonna turn out to be a good guy and is doing something clandestine, and it turns out he's just going senile, and that also kind of felt a little bit. I mean, it it it's plausible, sure it's plausible, but it just I don't know. It didn't. When I want escapist fantasy, I want a crunch that satisfies. Zach, I don't want to. I don't want to think about a powerful system lord turning in 1500 next year and frying up like <laughs> I want to I want him to be dastardly but in a way that somehow works for our for our heroes like you know it, and it's fine um I, I'll go along for the ride and it's certainly you know quote realistic unquote um you know like what happens when a system lord gets real old and not that well? Like, you know, then we have we have part of an answer. Indeed, it can't go on forever. Um, and okay, um, there you go, there you have it. Uh, and am I excited for the next episode? Of course I am. Right? Absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. Uh, there 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 are so many questions that I have that about what's happening that I would love to see some. Some continuation and some answers to. So I'm still looking forward to it. This one, I I just wish I I I think that in the writing there could I I don't think it would have been too difficult to rethink a couple of ideas so that Jonas Quinn was a bit more heroic in this one. And I mean, it might it might have even been. because you can do flashbacks and clones and mirror universes. That's what you can do when you kill a character and you want the actor back. You could have you could have the actor back and have everybody go, oh, it's Jonas Quinn, and have him go, who are you talking about? And then that's the mystery. Woo! Like, eh. Okay, fine. Whatever. It was done is done. So I'm ready to uh, ready to see what's next. All right. Well, before we can see what's next. We do have to uh, give our Chevron ratings for this episode. Yes. So, what will you give Homecoming? Um, uh, I, I think I'm, 
I think I'm going to give this one a five, but it's like a weak five. I think last time I gave it a five, but it was like a strong five. That um, I wanted to see some more detail. I kind of wanted to see where, you know, I, I needed it to have a bit more more meat in the story, but it still like felt like it was really kind of moving along. This one, it's like, I, I didn't like it that much, but um, I can respect how I didn't like it because of things that probably shouldn't impact my actual feeling of the story itself. I think I'm being too hard on it when I'm like, eh, I wanted this and that. Um, was it a spectacle? Yes, it was. Boy, was it a spectacle. Uh, did it advance the story? Yes, it did. Did it provide new information? Of course. Um, you know, was it was it fun? Yeah, overall, sure, it was fun. It was a fast-paced, exciting romp. Um, I wanted something more specific, and I didn't get it, so it kind of soured it. But, I, you know, five out of seven for me. What about you, Zach? So, um, I think last week I gave it a six. And... Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a five and a half here. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, just for all of the various and sundry things that I, I don't really know if I could describe it all the whys, but uh, uh, there you go. I think five out of five, five and a half out of seven. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Okay, Brent. Yes. Are you ready to hear what our listeners predicted for us? Yes. I forgot to look at the Twitters. I should do that right now. Twitter, you Twitter, should Twitter. do that. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Uh, okay. Uh, we have... Oh, this is fun. Um, <laughs> we got a couple. Uh, we've got Kevin. Ooh, hi, hi Kevin. Kevin. Hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. I predict that nobody will tell you what I'm about to tell you. Okay? Okay. T- today, that was be yesterday, I guess, December 31st. December 31st is Peter Williams' birthday. Ooh. Apophis himself is another year older. Happy birthday to actual Apophis. Hey, that's fun. That is fun. Happy birthday, actual Apophis. That's cool. Uh, and then we've got uh, Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Uh, she said emoticon grinny face. And then a gif of uh, Joey from Friends holding up six fingers, and said, I said seven. Oh! <laughs> so I can't tell if that's if, if she's saying I'm going to give it a six or a seven. Maybe both. Maybe one of us is going to give us a six, and one of us is going to give a seven. That's actually kind of clever. Well, there you go. So who would be who Agreed. there? So, But uh, alas, neither of us did either of those numbers, so not quite. Not quite. Indeed. But there you go. There are the Twitter predictions. All right. Well, here we go for Facebook. Uh, We begin with JD. Hi, JD. I was never a fan of Jonas, and this is a great episode to send him off on. (laughs) The episode nearly makes me care about him and his planet, which is impressive. So you're telling me I'm a softy, huh? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he says, I'm going to say a six from the fellas. That'd be us. Yep. And a five from me. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, well, you know, we gave this episode closer to your chevrons than what you predicted us. All right. We have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Hey, we're back on Langara, Daniel's favorite planet. 
Anubis swipes and swiftly weaponizes all of the Nequadria, and the team are forced to make a deal with a different devil when their first one turns out to be faulty. <laughs> <laughs> A faulty devil. <laughs> oh, you. You, oh, you faulty devil, you. Oh, you. Oh, that's good. Then. I like that. Unfortunately, the Langaran, Langarans have decided to complicate matters by being basically us. Yep. Can't we all just get along? Nope. And now it's time to bid farewell to Jonas Quinn, since having two nice nerdy male characters is redundant. <laughs> I mean, the pacing. <laughs> what? It is. It, yeah. it is redundant. <laughs> yeah. The pacing is better this week, and there are some fun twists and turns. Brent and Zach will both give it a five. Hey! This episode has been Ooh. rated 8.5 on IMDb, which is a six on my IMDb to Chevron rating conversion yeah. scale. Okay. Putting it in the top 25% of Stargate episodes overall. Look at that. Wow. Super duper duper close. Well done, Roland. Super close. Yeah, my half Chevron, I think, is going to throw a lot of people off. Oh, you think so? I think so. I don't know. We got Kevin next. Okay. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Hey, Ball is back. And he's taking control of the combined forces of the system, Lords, because you is sick. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for one of Brent's favorite Gua Wold? I know. We go back to Lungera. And I wonder if Daniel has remembered at this point what happened last time he was there. I was wondering. This episode is okay. A decent enough send-off for Jonas. I predict a five from Brent. Oh, okay. Yes. And a five from Zach. (laughs) So close, Kevin. (laughs) It will be interesting to see how Brent feels about it, having watched it almost a week ago. Yeah. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how David made the trailer for next week, because next week's episode is redacted. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh. He has a word in there. Oh. I'm redacting that word. Gotcha. <laughs> See you guys next week, he says. And I want to wish Zach, Brent, and David a very happy new year. And here's hoping that 2022 is the best year ever for walking through the Stargate. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, thanks, That's Kevin. awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Absolutely. All right. Next we have Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly starts off with a five from Brent and oh. a six oh. from Zach. Super close, everybody. My gosh. People are zeroing in on us on this one. Yes. And she says, politics from every species. Snazzy lines from Jack. I think Brent's rating will be lowered slightly because of how Jonas is exiting. Yep. But but he'll still find this episode enjoyable, especially the tidbit of lore that is Lord Yu and what is essentially Gould Alzheimer's. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I didn't like it. But I hear what yeah, you're saying. Well, you know, lots of other pieces are coming together and the season is just starting. Yep. Yep. Very good. All right. Uh, we have uh, Justin. Hi, Justin. Jonas's insolence is dialed up to 11 and so will die. What, it, he didn't? <laughs> I, I guess you can hand wave the mind spike? Um, Sure. Okay. Anyway, Jonas has determined the choice of the planet that will be destroyed first, especially since he is not giving up the location of the hidden rebel base. 
Yu is not well, but his major domo is willing to ball out Yu's honor. Oh, uh, empire and Yu's legacy. Indeed, Tilk helps with the plan. Daniel Impossible. Isotope. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, there it goes. Oh, sorry. I, I had to hit the see more button and then it messed things up. Here we go. Ah, I see. <laughs> Daniel Impossible. Isotope Protocol. Plays ring around Anubis while the high colonic give why the high colonic give Nequadria to him thinking he'll totally believe them about having no more. <laughs> Daniel, not sure if they do this all the time, is conveniently not discovered when Anubis' Nequadria side hustle self-destructs. Uh-huh. Anubis uh-huh. seems to want to be Vader more than Kylo Ren because he actually executed underlings but settles for an archaeology side hustle. <laughs> you know, when I'm not, like, literally trying to destroy planets, I like to save some relics from them. I mean, relics I can use to destroy them! <laughs> Jax Darmok fails to Jalad, but manages to get unanimous consent. <laughs> With the help from eight good good men, they technically advise the Colonian to use CGI for the main battle and choreograph a small budget friendly final battle. Ah, uh, yeah. And then the frisbee goes. And then the frisbee goes. Jonas and Daniel have a heart to heart about being the same character before Jonas remembers the sa- the ring platform they found conveniently located where the crystal MacGuffin is hidden, Ambush City. They escape to Slap City, where ambassadors slap ambassadors (laughs) over stealing the Quadria after they stole it first. (laughs) Jonas even gets gets in on the action, but after a series of obligatory twists, they find they never left Ambush City because Ball appears to trigger the final battle. Anubis flees. Kelowna is crushed by the degree of Anubis's dollar store Death Star. I'm I'm (laughs) guessing. And... Mr. Her Falling Upwards Ack jumps through the gate after failing the crystal downwards into Daniel's hands. Jonas fails to die dramatically and so is sentenced to unify his world by doing the one thing SG-1 won't do, go public with the Stargate. Yeah, right? Jeez. Sticking with last week's sentiment, Brent from uh, five from Brent, Ooh. but only 5.5 from Zach, <gasps> unless there is a New Year's resumption to add quarter point ratings, then 5.75. <laughs> nope. Have I ever Just done a 5.75? No, oh. we're not going to do that. No, you did. You did once throw in a quarter Chevron rating for something as something stupid special. But no, I don't think I've ever done it. In any case, <laughs> Justin... Congratulations. Yeah. Justin got it. Yay! Woo! Well done. Well done. All right. We have Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, bonus points for Adrian Howe, the Google lieutenant, for looking like Peter Wingfield, that is to say, Tanith. That had me confused the first time I watched it. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, I, I get, I, yeah I, was episode, thinking that, I was thinking that too. I thought, I thought for a beat, they might have pulled in the same actor, and, and I was like, nah, they wouldn't have done that. Uh, spoiler. They do use an actor we have seen before to play a completely different character um, 
that really throws me for a loop. I believe uh, you. Uh, that happens... I want to say that happens in Atlantis from SG-1. Gotcha. Like, there's a character we meet in SG-1. And we're like, oh, it's that person. Oh, no, it's not! Yeah. Uh, and not just somebody that we saw once. I mean, like, in this episode, you had uh, Glynis, who played, you know, the old, the, the young Catherine Langford in that one episode. Right. And she's playing a different character now. It's not like that. It's like somebody that we have actually seen multiple times, and we see again as a completely different character. And I'm like, whoa. They, they, they're hoping that, uh, that, that it's a new fan base. There you go. Sure. All right. Uh, Sean says bonus points. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that had me confused the first time I watched it. This episode gets a seven from me. Oh, wow. And I think a six each from Zach and yeah. Brent. Not bad. Pretty close. Pretty close. Um, and then let me do a quick double check here to see if any more got in here. Because there are a couple of places where things can land if you're not careful. Looks like we're good on that. Now, off to the Gmails. The Gmails. The Gmails. Check the email. Check, check the email. Okay, we Dear begin Stormbad, with... How do you type with boxing gloves on? We begin with Dan. Hi, Dan. Dan says, Hello, fellas, and a happy new year to all. I did not submit a review last week for part one. Maybe it's because I feel these two episodes should be reviewed as one. Hmm. Maybe it's because I flat out forgot... We'll never really know, but here we go. (laughs) Starting arguably the best season of the show, let's do this. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, this doesn't really feel to me like a two-parter, just a long single episode. I love how part part two flows immediately into the story after the events of part one. It's a stark comparison to the mid-season two-parter for season six, Prometheus and the Replicator episodes. Right, okay. I really like how we're expanding the story of the Google world further with Yu's age. Taking mm-hmm. that into account, it makes you forget that he's still not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still a not good guy when he calls the attack of Anubis's ship off. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? Well, you I mean, was what thinking was you thinking? He was, yeah, he was. not not you, but you. Yeah, you, you. you know, uh, not not to condone it, but I like the Colonian commander getting his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, uh, uh, you know, I agree with you. Gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Well, you know, uh, if you imagine that staff blast hitting you from, you know, your esophagus and moving up and down your 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 system there, then ah. yeah, that would definitely give you a, a warm, fuzzy feeling inside for about uh-huh. three seconds. <laughs> Sorry, continuing. Yes. I'm sure we won't see that guy again. And who can pass up a trip to the museum? Lessons to be learned. Number one, Daniel and Jonas complain about long hours, constant peril at work. Sounds normal to me. At least they get to travel. (laughs) Number two. To strange worlds. When testing new technology and your boss is watching over your shoulder, don't get overconfident. That may not work out for you too well. Nope. Yes. Number three. So here's the thing. He's like, I'm pretty sure I've compensated for the instability of the Nequadria. Let's try to power the most powerful thing on the whole ship and see if it works. 
Have you tried a light bulb yet? Hubris, Zach. Hubris is a founding emotion for Gould. Fair enough. I agree. Okay. Number three. Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why does it feel like I've said this one before? Always ring into a tense situation when your friends need help the most. Naturally. Naturally, of course. Number four. If your options are immediate, uh, if your options are immediate execution or delayed publicly, you know what? I can't finish this sentence. This one's obvious, Jack. Come on. (laughs) Number five. Always find out your pay before taking a new job. Or is this an old, is it a new old job? Uh, Whatever. I I would tend to agree with that. You know, make sure you know what you're getting paid before you start doing things. Well, I mean, you know, like it's, are we going to have to, is, is, is Jackson going to be given like, you know, like a, like a 20% raise because he has like, you know, other existence experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So, and you'll appreciate this. Can you imagine the paperwork Hammond had to do to declare Daniel undead? Yeah. And then even more paperwork to explain undead doesn't mean zombified? No. It, Am I not, overthinking this? It's not Hammond that had to do it. It's some other schlep in HR that had to do it. But yes, it's a problem. Well, they seem to have managed it. <laughs> so... Part of the reason I delayed submitting my review, or or forgot, remember, uh, is because I don't see Fallen Homecoming as two different episodes. On the whole, they though these are a six for me. I guess both mm-hmm. Brett and Zach will agree on average, mostly because I don't remember what you guys rated part one, so <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> Close, but not quite. And finally, David. Hi, David. Jonas Quinn, goodbye encoding bias buffer. Goodbye, Jonas Quinn. Well, the big SG-1 reset button has been pressed and everything is back to normal. Or is it? Oh. oh, (laughs) oh. Sorry. No, no, it's all back to normal. And the on again. (laughs) Off again. And the on again, off again. B romance between Daniel and Teal'c is back on. Yeah, that's right. That is totally Maybe correct. Brent's prediction will come true this season. Yeah. Maybe they will kiss. Mm. Maybe. As the spe- as to the specifics of this episode, it was fine in its reset button pressing. Action, adventure, Google, Jaffa, explosions, double crosses, rescues, with incredibly convenient timing and super convenient showing up in this at just the right location and a safe farewell to JQ. But you know what really what I really disliked about this episode? Hmm. The miniature work at the end of Anubis's escape ship escaping. It looked like something from Thunderbirds are go. <laughs> I just hung the frisbee by a wire. <laughs> the other thing was Anubis's first prime escape through the Stargate. Not that he escaped, but that you could see the actor stop as he crossed the event horizon. Almost. So here's the thing. Normally they have a big, giant, wide open space for things so people can just keep walking through that and then you don't see where they go because of all that stuff, right? But yep. 
because the the place was compressed with size, there was like only enough space between the wall and the Stargate for a person. So the actor literally could not help but kind of pull up and slowly kind of wiggle through the gate in that last moment <laughs> wiggling through the gate you know <laughs> because there wasn't space for him to just keep walking oh. now i totally get what you're saying david i get it and i'm not excusing it at all but i am saying there is a very explicit reason and the reason at least makes sense true okay uh now i gotta figure out where he left off not that he escaped that you could see okay okay he literally ran and then stopped, but his foot was still visible when the gate closed. He doesn't have a heel anymore. No. <laughs> those two scenes just completely took me out of the moment. Please, I want to see those effects redone in the 4K remastered special edition with all new effects and previously unseen footage that we will never get. Never. Nope. <laughs> all right, Brent. Yeah. Still the same five chevrons from last week. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Zach, I was a half Chevron off last week, but I think it will go the other way this week. Five Chevrons. Oh! No! <laughs> David! <laughs> oh, so close. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. Oh. Alas. All right. Well, thank you all for yes, your predictions. Yes, thanks, everyone. We appreciate them very much. They're, it's it's a great part of yes. what we do here. <clears throat> now, Brent. Yeah. The next episode of Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. Episode three of season seven. Mm-hmm. The one that we will watch for next week. Okay. Probably, unless I have a conflict i have a conflict on our normal recording date so if we can record a different time, we'll see. But next time. <laughs> yes. Is Fragile Balance. Fragile Balance. It's a balance that is fragile. Mm-hmm. Fragile Balance. Okay. Okay. What is Fragile Balance all about? Fragile Balance. Hmm. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. You see, the SG teams have never been to the home world of this particular system lord before. They find themselves surrounded by tremendously large insects. Oh, golly, it's one of these episodes again. The big bug and the big bug episodes. I can feel my skin crawling. But as the team suddenly realizes, these insects seem to be tame. Yes, indeed. These, ep- these insects are the minions of this particular system lord. Very strange indeed, but they continue on. And they find that though their lives are now in danger, because obviously their lives need to be endangered for there to be not only a Stargate SG-1 episode, but also for this prediction to make any kind of sense whatsoever. They then suddenly confront the system lord and they say, how long have you had these insects as your thralls? And the system lord says, since a very long time ago, but you see, there's a problem. If you do anything that does anything to disturb them, they kind of fall to pieces. And everyone goes, wait, what? (laughs) He goes, yeah, um, don't do anything. They're pretty fragile. 
And then they say, wait a minute, ball. You're telling me your ants are fragile. You've got fragile ball ants. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1 for fragile ball ants. <laughs> that was a pretty pathetic laugh. <laughs> Here I thought my pun was pretty good. Oh, it was. It was great. Fragile I ball just... ants. Are we going to be seeing Ball's homeworld and he's going to have a bunch of ants that are fragile? Well, so you got everything right except for one thing. Oh. When we're talking about ants, we're not talking about insects. We're okay. talking about his parents' sisters. His ants. <laughs> but they're a little bit aged, so they're fragile. Don't come stopping in here so hard. You'd think that you were in some kind of hurry. Have you eaten yet? You could stop use some playing food. with your friends and kill them already. But do it quietly. I need my rest. I've got a headache. <laughs> oh, balls ants. Oh, boy. All right. Dear, dear Patreon. Well, not pa- any uh, listeners. Dear yes. listeners, find me a meme of ball ants. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. I, 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 I don't you... know how to do that, but, but do that. That'd be... I... Okay. Balls and ants. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, David produced a very nice promo for us <laughs> that talks all about balls, ants, <laughs> yes. and their fragility. Uh-huh. Okay. Shall we watch it? Yes, we shall. Okay, here we go. I'm hitting okay. play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. What? I was hoping you could figure that one out, Major. Thank you. Now we're getting somewhere. Impersonating a military officer is a federal offense. I am not impersonating anyone. I am Jack O'Neill. Yeah, uh, Initial uh, tests okay. show that within an acceptable margin of error, the boy's DNA is virtually identical to Colonel O'Neill's. Huh. In a court of law, the DNA sample we took from the boy would be considered a high probability match to the DNA we have on file from Colonel O'Neill. There is a tiny abnormality, but for all intents and purposes, it's him. Honestly, uh, huh? I feel fine. You'll start to notice symptoms as the condition worsens. How long do I have? It's all next time. On Stargate SG-1. Okay. Oh, oh. I saw... I saw What's Gray. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. This is gonna be good. So, okay. Full disclosure. Yeah. Ball is not in this episode. What? And what none of his family are either. But what about his insects? Nope. Ah. None of his insects as well. Ah, sorry. Yeah. You win some, you lose some, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Well, dear listeners, <laughs> um, I want to let you know that um, there was, you know, I, I talked about last uh, season that maybe I would try to get the uh, promo up sooner than like the day before. And. Um, I did not do that for the first two episodes of the season. <laughs> However, uh, somebody did 
I, I think it was Kevin, but I can't remember for sure, on the Discords asked, will this happen? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do that. So uh-huh. yesterday, 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 when I uh, added the uh, promo for Homecoming, I also, because I had it from David, thank you, David, I had you, the David. promo for Fragile Balance uploaded to YouTube. It will be released uh, as we are talking this on Monday. So normally uh-huh. we record this on Saturday. Normally yep. Brett, uh, mixes this and releases it on Sunday. Yep. And then on Monday, Fragile Balance, the promo, will be on our YouTube channel. Woohoo! Um, so, if you are interested, you can go there and see it then. There you go. Nice. Uh, so, special thank you to David for this yes, promo thanks, and all yep. of the other promos. Uh, tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us what you think about Fragile Ball Ants. Uh, <laughs> tell us what you think about uh, this episode. Uh, whatever you want. Talk to us. Join us on the discords and the Facebooks and the Twitters and, and the emails and all of those things. And until next time, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>